0: Welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. We're going on a journey through the symbols and secrets of the major arcana, and we hope you'll join us. Be sure to check out our page at www.patreon.com slash fortuneswheelhouse, where we have tons of behind-the-scenes posts and articles and extra information. While you're there, you can also become a patron. And if you sign up at the $3 level or above, you'll be entered in our giveaways. This week, we're offering our first giveaway in honor of the High Priestess. It's a stunning set of prints of our first three majors, the Fool, the Magus, and the Priestess, from Mel's own Tabula Mundi Coloris Arcus deck, and, from yours truly, an Arcana zip pouch in one of my favorite fabrics, Sage and Moonlight, it's called. It's got wild black vines on a steely sage background with silver foil moons, and it'll be the perfect home for your favorite witchy deck. My point is, it's a great time to sign up on Patreon. And now, here is Fortune's Wheelhouse. Sneaks to the storm drain, teeth in the gutter on the beach, and it's all rain. Speak to each other, caught a glimpse in a wrong name. May I have another a grip and a strong aim? So here we are in It's Only the Moon. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, this is a really huge card. Of course, uh, the high priestess is jam-packed in symbolism no matter what deck you use. And in fact, uh, the correspondences for the, the correspondences and relationships between the high priestess and the moon are all among the most consistent and the oldest. Like, if you look at a chart of correspondences, the high priestess and the moon going together is one of the few that lasts, um, Lots of other things are associated with lots of other things. They're very age- varying opinions, but this one is almost a core, uh, a core element in tarot. So no pressure or anything, Mel. <laughs> it's only the moon. It's only the moon. Okay. So, uh, so let's start real quick, I guess, with, um, with her title. Yes. Sometimes called, well, usually called the high priestess, sometimes just called the priestess. I think you did that in your deck, didn't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we've also seen her historically, uh, sometimes she's called the Popus or the Papus uh, or uh, Pope Joan, even. She's also been called the uh, Juno, which is a curious choice. Uh, and I've also what is her hermetic title? The, the something priestess
1: of the Silver Star. The
0: priestess of the Silver Star, right? And that actually, the Silver Star—that's the it's AA, very isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah,
1: Crowley's organization, the Silver Star, the AA, the Astron argon or the argentium astrum there's many different uh theories about what those two letters. the idea is sort of silvery for, sort of starry either latin silver star or greek silver star you can take your
0: your pick mm-hmm. and is it is it priestess of the silver star i've also yes. seen daughter of the silver priestess
1: star. of the silver star and mm-hmm. the, uh, artemis is the maiden of the silver bow and you'll see of they're course. very much uh related to each other
0: right and i mean regardless of tradition you know whatever you call her whatever name you give her there's always this uh this sacramental quality to this card this ideal idea of mediating between the divine and us as uh as as being an intercessor or intermediary uh, between the unknowable and our world.
1: Yeah, I primarily think of this card as, if you could sum it up in one word, it would be
0: initiation. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And, well, as for the astrology, as we were saying, it's all about the moon. Um, and there is, I mean, so much lunar lore packed into both versions of this card. Where should we even start? Crowns? I don't know. Good question. Yeah, um, which boy, is they, complicated. They
1: both have they both have the lunar crown,
0: lunar and solar. I suppose exactly. So so many people see it as a lunar crown because of it. Kind of looks like waxing waning crescent and a full moon in between. And if you come from a Wiccan or pagan tradition, that's probably what you see the triple crown of um, of the moon. However, uh, equally valid is the idea that it's the solar disc calhorn crown of Hathor, right right or the sun and moon conjoined do you have Mm -hmm. the the, both the
1: crescent and the solar disk kind of also reminiscent of isis so Mm -hmm. you know the the earliest representation of the priestess is said to be the heavenly isis where all the virgin mary stuff the virgin isis comes Mm -hmm.
0: into Mm -hmm. play Mm mm-hmm Absolutely, and um, and on the Crowley card, on the on the Toth card, you have the seven, seven or eight phases of the yeah, moon, seven or... seven crescents yeah. descending from the top of her crown. By the way, if you haven't yet, please take out your Rider Waite Smith High Priestess and your Toth Priestess, unless you're driving, as we always say. Um, okay, so seven seven crescents. That's interesting because seven is actually the the number of Venus and. Uh, I have heard that considered as a reference to the path of um, Daleth running, a, you know, right, running that perpendicular. right through, right, right to the path of Gimel, right. So, you know, the Empress on the Tree of Life is uh, is like the horizontal arm of a cross, and the and the Priestess path is like the vertical arm of a cross, and hence this uh, reference. To Venus, um, And you see yeah. that
1: solar cross, perhaps, on the breast of Wait's yes, priestess. Yes,
0: yes, yes. In fact, that could well be. In fact, it's it's almost in... The,
1: the, I've heard that referred to as the uh, the mother and the daughter, which makes sense mm. if you think of Daleth and the Empress and the Virgin uh, and the priestess crossing paths there. Right,
0: right. And that actually brings to mind, to me, the, the myth of Demeter and Persephone as yeah, well, because right. it's such a Persephone-type car. And Definitely. the Empress is such a series figure, a Demeter figure. Um, and so, continuing with the lunar references, shall we talk about bows?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: the black and the white. Right. Um, yeah. The- oh,
0: you mean Boaz. <laughs> Um, oh. Do you mean bows or bows? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, that was like the world's worst esoteric yeah, misunderstanding. Right. Um I'm talking about bow and arrows. Shall we talk the about bows, yes. archery
1: the archery and bow yes, we should definitely talk about that. That's really
0: interesting. Yes, yes, because of course um that's a lunar reference in, in that it's the bow of it could be the bow of Artemis for right. one, right? right? The bow of Artemis, the um the bow and
1: two arrows of the goddess Neith. Mm. The crossed arrows, the um, kind of brings in the reference to the path directly
0: beneath the priestess. Yes. You know,
1: the uh, temperance or art card. Yes, which which is is the arrow. Which is related to Sagittarius, that,
0: right. which is the archer, and it is the arrow of the bow formed at the bottom of the tree. Ever so much archery in that card, but um, but it is the it is the path directly below see, you see the, the high bow priestess on her lap, which is said mm-hmm. to
1: and and actually an arrow in her lap there, you arrow see a too, bow and an mm-hmm. arrow um, that's also said to be a three stringed. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because Lady Harris calls it a sistrum, but mm-hmm. it is not a sistrum. Oh,
0: really? I think
1: she might have revised this card because if you look at a picture of what a sistrum is, you mm-hmm. often see the sistrum being held in the hand of Isis. Hmm. But it's more of it's almost like a, a rattle kind of thing. Whereas this looks very much more like a lyra of Apollo.
0: Yes, it does look like exactly like a lyre. Well, that's, you know, and it's interesting because it's also in the place of the sun, kind of, you know, mm. if you look at her body as a tree of life.
1: Um. And Crowley says that she hunts by enchantment. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> It's another reference, too, to vibrating strings. Right. This card is a lot about vibration and the fluctuate, the lunar fluctuation, these vibrations or ripples that are caused
0: in the water that create form. This is a card where we see that projective geometry at work.
1: Yeah, very much so. And Mm -hmm. you see, you know, her body actually forms a giant cup through Mm. these, the geometry of those light waves or... Mm-hmm. waves that you see you can see that she is the cup just mm-hmm. like the magus was the wand right. she is the cup
0: oh nice nice so that sort of emphasizes the the strong uh connection between those two cards as right know, the wand and the cup fire the wand and water and, the cup, fire and, and, and water.
1: she's very much associated with water
0: both because of the moon and
1: its, you know, rulership.
0: Yes, and they are two different ways of and connecting with the divine, too, you can think of it. I mean, I almost think of it as, you know, if the again, this sort of contrast of divination versus magic. You know, if the magician represents magic, she could represent divination in a way. Mm. Um, but, uh, but also, to, to go back to the uh, lunar stuff in the Rider-Waite-Smith card, uh, we also have the crescent, the sickle The sickle moon at her feet mm-hmm. right and uh, and as her robe devolves into water, I think the sickle moon is not only you know besides being a lunar reference, I think that 's something you see with um. Uh, with the Virgin Mary, depiction of the Virgin Mary as the star of the sea, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Stella Maris. And the, the blue robe. You know? And the blue robe, especially, that I like that the color. depiction
1: there of the way the, the robe looks like water, too, because the, mm-hmm. it gives the sense of what I like to think of as heavy water. Mm-hmm. It's the source of all, this card is said to be the source of all
0: water. And... It's it's just really interesting to see the way that um, both of these cards in the sequence this is the first time we see a reference to water proper, mm. right? And, I, and what we, I mean by
1: heavy water, it's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting term, but it's the idea that form is inherent in water and that. Water can take any shape or form and still yes. remain itself, and still and remain that itself. That is a, kind of a commentary on the virgin qualities of this mm-hmm. card, where it can, you know, it can create form and still remain itself, and therefore uh, virginal. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the idea uh, behind matter or the the root of matter,
0: um, retaining right. its purity while creating. That self sufficiency or entirety to self uh, is is something that you also see in the Hebrew letter association of the camel that carries mm, its own that liquid. carries the water with mm-hmm. it <laughs> across the desert of dot. <laughs> um, okay, so so well, why don't we go there? Let's go to Kabbalah now, um, and you know, arguably. The most central, important path on the tree. It's the longest the path longest on the one tree, by certainly. Far. Okay, so this is this is the middle pillar. We've seen the we've been to the pillar of force with the fool. We've been to the pillar of form with the magus, and here we are at last on the middle pillar of equilibrium. The <laughs> pillar of <laughs> equilibrium. That's right. So the long path that goes from Keter to uh, to Tiferet or Tiferet, right from the right one way of saying from the father
1: to the son. Yes. It kind of speaks about her, you know, the Isis nature as the mother of the child, Horus. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Now, in both cards, I believe there are kind of anatomical references to the tree that you can superimpose on the body of the high priestess. Mm -hmm. Um, In the Toth one, of course, you have, well, you, you have her up above the abyss, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the cup form of right. the... In, inside mm-hmm.
1: the cup you can see the, the t- point of her crown as Kether and then mm-hmm. the, the two mm-hmm. swirls of light on either side. As
0: Chakma and Bina. yeah. Mm. And then I have heard it said that, um, and I don't know whether this is true or not, that there's a book in her lap called The Book of the Hidden Mysteries, and I don't know if that's a euphemism or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it probably <laughs> is, because uh, I don't see no book there. Anyway, so well. You that's, know, if you
1: look at an open book from the side, yeah. it very. I mean, this is, but it does kind of yeah. have that bow shape. See okay. This, um, yeah, I, I see know. that. You can I see kind of that. It's, if you use your imagination. <laughs> don't want to yeah. do that. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So, so, but clearly, clearly, um, but that can be dot anyway if it's going to be <laughs> a closed. Book of hidden mysteries, hidden closed hidden. It looks like an book. open book to me. Yeah, it does. Well, and I think I mean. I th- I think, you know, it could well be, as we mentioned before, a ref- reference to Apollo's bow, I mm-hmm. mean, the sun bow, mm-hmm. um, or lyre, or lyra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, you have the moon under her feet. And then, right. and then, and then, and then, and then, you have all this flowering life gardens of Malkut mm-hmm. in the bottom where, you know, things go from being, uh, what? how do we put it, the... Um, I think I think it's Crowley who calls her the idea behind all forms. Correct. That it? Right there, you go, and you have it written there. Uh, the one, the path that travels from the archetypal world of Atsilut, uh down to the formative world, Yetzirah. and that's why we have you know matter taking root and blossoming.
1: Right, there. and we see down there, you know, not only the the forms there are some of them. This looks like a sunflower and a pine cone, the Fibonacci spiral, the sequence. Wow. That, crystalline the crystalline kind of platonic solids going on there you know yeah Um, yeah
0: yeah all the different ways that matter can take form Um, and it also is familiar from our own natural world as you're saying there that's fascinating and we should probably, uh, oh, and also the, so you can also ease, quite easily read uh, Tree of Life onto the writer Wade smith um, Right, those pomegranates. Right, because uh, right, there's a, there's this, the pomegranates are in the shape of the Tree of Life. Uh, but also, um, you know, you can look at her uh, body and say the crosses at Tiferet. Yes. Right. And the moon is at her feet, uh, for Soud. So, uh, so she's right there.
1: And between the pillars,
0: right? Right, and then you have the the, the book thing over by
1: Hode, which seems sort of appropriate. It's almost like she herself is the central
0: pillar. I mean, both
1: cards show her between the pillars, and uh, she's Mm -hmm. the central one with
0: Mm -hmm. her body. Exactly, exactly. Uh, While we're on Kabbalah, we should talk about the camel. (laughs) So Hebrew letter associated with the high priestess is... Gimel. Gimel, which means camel. And that is why, folks, there is a camel at the um, base of, at the Thoth version of the high priestess.
1: And it's a white camel too, which Mm, might perhaps be a... Well, it could be lunar and it could also be another reference to Kether, her path. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's the moon, but she's also the path from Kether to Tifereth. Which I think is why there's so, in Crowley's version of the card at least, there's so much light. I mean, she's clothed in veils of light. Yes, yes. But it's funny because you often hear this card and the one beneath it, um, the uh, the art card on the same path, I've heard many times them referred to as the dark night of the soul, and it Mm. makes you wonder, well, what is this darkness if there's so much light? It's said mm-hmm. that the light is so blinding. I mean, you're on the path from Kether to the Sun. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's and it's so br- blinding as to obscure and and create I see. darkness. And right. perhaps right. that's a reference you see in,
0: in Waits' card, the white pillar and the black pillar, you know, the light right. and the darkness. Right. The polarity of it, because those pillars, they're so interesting. They're supposed to be the Boaz and Yaqin, the, um, that's what the B and J stand for. They are the pillars to left and right of the entrance of Solomon's temple. They were not black and white, though. They were made of brass. Um, so, but it's, it is a symbol that, Ties the Masonic imagery back into the card for us, and I also heard that um, they used to have pomegranates. The, the the those brass pillars had pomegranates around the upper edge, but now uh, we have them transferred mm-hmm. into the veil. We should talk about and the, the pomegranates
1: veil. more. Are more of that seed uh, cluster imagery, mm-hmm. just in a different way. You know, the seeded apple, palm, mm-hmm. and granat. Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: right. Granitus, right. meaning seeds and yes. palm meaning yes. apple.
0: Right, 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 and so it's a big part of that mm-hmm.
1: Eleusian mystery mm-hmm. theme where the the cult of Demeter, Demeter and, and Persephone. Persephone
0: mm-hmm. um, well, there's the myth of Persephone that this mm-hmm. is tied to, where Persephone goes into the underworld. She eats the, the six or seven grains of pomegranates. She's forced right. to stay in the underworld for right. those six or seven uh, uh, months. That that cult was basically agrarian and, mm-hmm. you know, about
1: the vegetal forms. So,
0: But I think it's really interesting um, that myth is kind of a perfect – Uh, amalgam of elements for this card because of the way that the High Priestess um, negotiates between worlds. The fact that Mm. she goes between the divine world and our world, but also our world and the underworld. Right, and there's the darkness. Mm -hmm. The
1: light and the darkness. The above ground and the below ground. That whole
0: summer, winter
1: Mm -hmm. thing going on.
0: And the camel that takes you on the long journey between the two. Oh, the veil. Let's talk about the veil because, you know, um, we have I guess on the Crowley card there's the that net that the veils silver net in front net of her. Is, right.
1: It's a veil right. of
0: light. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the wait card, the veil is behind her. And the veil is one of the things that you see in every high priestess card, just like you always see either, you Mm -hmm. know, you often see a book or a scroll, but it's, uh, you even see the veil in, or some kind of reference to a curtain or veil in the Marseille imagery as well. And I mean, I've always assumed that that was a reference to the unknowable. um, Right. Between the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm the unconscious waters of the mind uh, behind the veil. Um, and also, but also perhaps, you know, to the supernals, you know, the, the, the supernals above the right. abyss. The you can't know The ineffable
1: thing. Right. right, right. I like the way the veil in Crowley's card is, these these light rays or, or waves, mm-hmm. they're almost like, uh, they do make me think of the moon, these wave forms, like mm-hmm. you see the... The tides and it's a it's almost like showing the fluctuation of the moon and it's it, rather it's instability and yet it's stability at the same time it makes me think of the uh nine of wands card which yes. is also associated which with is the associated sun with and the moon, the moon. And <laughs> so right. it kind of um makes me think about this card mm-hmm. um mhm changes stability that that whole so she's she's at a point of equilibrium seated between on her throne solid but there's also that sense of fluctuation and reflection and uh kind of wave forms moving through.
0: Yeah. The idea that her stability comes from her changeability, yeah, basically, yeah. you know, the, the, what's the hermetic title for the, for the actual moon card is like the Lord of flux and reflux yes. or something like that. And, uh, it sounds and it's excessively you see medical. that on some of the the two cards as well I mean she's card number two mm-hmm.
1: and if you see you look at you know the rider white two is the guy with the right. the fluctuating right. discs or whatever mm-hmm and mm-hmm. He, he, that's right. The need for uh, balance through. But then you see in the two of swords and the two of wands the balance, the the, the crossed right. swords or the crossed wands where it's at a point of equilibrium.
0: Which is so much, you know that that particular card is such a reference to this card because it is Moon and Libra, and it it's like a little version almost of of the uh, of the Rider Waite Smith High Priestess. Oh, we should probably mention there is um, there is another lemniscate that's very hard to see, but it's there in the in the Thoth high priestess over her eyes. You see that here? Look on the big card here. It almost looks like a sleeping mask. Oh yeah, mask. it's a lem-
1: lemniscate. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lemniscate. It does yeah. look like a, a mask.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the idea that that she you know of omniscience and infinity um, not necessarily accessible to us right and her eyes are closed aren't they it looks like it yeah Mm -hmm. she's looking within
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right
0: you know and i i think the veil and the closed eyes are also i don't know if they're esoterically meant to be so but they certainly give you a feeling of that secrecy and quietness that you associate with the high priestess you know the 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 mysteries and the secrets the eyes and the mouth are closed in Crowley's card and the Mm. mouth is closed on Rider Waite Smith I thought of uh, another reference to the arrows
1: so Mm -hmm. she's got the arrow in her lap Mm -hmm. and below her the path below her is the art card which is also a reference to Sagittarius and the arrow Mm -hmm. she's like the force that either can ascend or descend so there's Mm -hmm. both you know aspiration and inspiration mm. so there's right. the the upward arrow of aspiration towards mm-hmm. Kether or yeah. the unknowable or God and then there's the the inspiration the downward coming, inspiration the, yeah, coming from above down, correct down yeah. to this world you know where the mm-hmm. it's the a two-way is. yeah it's a two-way path
0: right. right oh the about the pillars um the meaning of the B and the J, Boaz and Yakin. Boaz is translated as, uh, in him is strength. Um, But that's, I was reading yesterday that that's a potential strength. It's not like, you know, Samson's strength, but the potential of strength. Which Um, is the title of that Nine of Wands card, strength. Strength, exactly. Which is Moon in Sagittarius, yes, right, and uh, and Yakin is God establishes or God prepares. So I don't believe they're meant to be uh, read together like a sentence. I think that they each kind of stand on their own. But it's really interesting to think about it as you know, pillar of force and. Pillar of form, um, where you know the strength is in the pillar of form and in potential, uh, and the uh, and the uh, the pillar of force could could be God prepares or God establishes or vice versa. You know, mirror right. or window, <laughs> and the
1: colors white and black. You mm-hmm. know, could refer mm-hmm. to Kether and Bina.
0: They could. Who knows? But they're said yeah, to be either. white and black. They're supposed it's, to be polar. So they're said. Yeah. The, the
1: yes and the no, the light and the dark. Right. right. All right, um. and it's also interesting that she's between the pillars, and the other card that's seated between two
0: pillars is, you know, the hierophant. Mm -hmm. Well, also justice, although that's a sort of in the writer Wade Smith specifically ah, uh, okay but yes but no so there is this but they're not the same pillars. they're not the same pillars it's so easy to draw comparisons with so many others I mean like you can say the high priestess versus the ma- magician you can say the high priestess versus the hierophant that's incredibly clear contrast or you can say even the high priestess versus the empress it's almost like she forms mm. a binary or a you know a polar opposite with any one of those and right you get a different aspect of her face
1: in, uh, so in Manley Hall's reference book, there's a painting by J. Augustus Knapp of the Saedic Isis. And there's an inscription um, underneath. I think the statue is at, at the Temple of Athena at Saïs. So it says, I, Isis, am all that has been, that is or shall be. No mortal man hath ever me unveiled. The fruit which I have brought forth is the sun. Ah, and the okay. sun is in quotes with a u not an o
0: right got you so that that refers both to her as a as the mother of horus um, as the mother of horus mm-hmm. as her as her path
1: mm-hmm. between the sun
0: and Tifereth, Tifereth, mm-hmm. the son of right god and, but, in a sense okay great mm-hmm Terrific. So so we've got uh, Isis imagery, we've got Mary imagery, we've got um, Hathor in imagery, we've got Demeter and Persephone imagery. It's sort of like, you know, the sacred feminine. We've got virgin all and fertility. Yes. <laughs> both yes, at, at, both once. at once. So we've got mm-hmm. water and light mm-hmm. and darkness. Mm-hmm. And darkness. Yeah. And it, it's interesting. Um, what is the. I'm trying to re- remember which, which um, binary goes with this one uh, on the tree of life. Uh, the, with the high priestess, we have wisdom and folly. Hmm. That goes with this uh, particular mm, interesting. path of the moon. Well, this is interesting because that's, that, that is almost like a moon reference right there, right? right? Because right. you have lunacy that comes from the moon, and yet you have the, the moon's intuitive wisdom or something like that. Right, and it also makes me think folly, the fool, mm-hmm. and,
1: and Kether, and wisdom, and Hakma, perhaps, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: maybe so, maybe so. Right, uh, the equal armed cross. Uh, we mentioned that right at the beginning, but that is the the idea that it's equal armed is important. That mm-hmm. it's not sort of a you know long cross. Right, uh, it's the solar. Solar cross. It's the solar cross and it's, you know, references to every set of four that we have, whether it's cardinal directions. Sometimes you see that as also the
1: um, the six-pointed star mm, instead right. of the solar cross. Right. Again, a Tifereth reference. Mm-hmm.
0: Anything else we need to cover in here? I sort of feel like there is, but I can't think there of is. what it would be. I'm
1: sure there is. Yeah.
0: Symbol wise, anyway, numerology, colors, uh, smells. Oh yes. Well, um, well. First of all, it's worth pointing out that the Roman numeral two just again encapsulates that sort of binary, right? The the polarity, Mm -hmm. the
1: tides, the poles, the reflection, and -hmm. duality.
0: Mm -hmm. And you know, and it's and it's also worth looking for. um, You know. uh, hopefully at some point we'll have the chance to uh, do the Minor Arcana as well, which we may be able to do with your support. But um, but it's, it's interesting to think of this card and then to remember the Moon Miners, which would be, as we've said before, the Nine of Wands, Moon in Sagittarius, mm. uh, the Two of Swords, Moon in Libra. Right. There's also Moon in Taurus, Six of Pentacles uh, or Discs. Discs, uh, yeah. Yeah, discs. Uh, and there should be two more. Oh, there, are. there <laughs> we can are do. Two more. Oh, I don't want to. I want to do it with my head. Moon and Aquarius, seven yes. of swords. Yep. Uh, let's see.
1: Cancer. cancer, Moon and Cancer, mm-hmm. yep. four, four of of cups. cups. There we go. <laughs> Yay! Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah, there it is. So, um, so when you're looking at that card, this card can be in the back of your mind as well because it's uh, intimately tied to those. Uh, so, um, so here's. Oh, let's see. I didn't have any camphor on hand, going to smells, but I have what people use for synthetic camphor. So you may want to think before you smell this, it's alpha-pinene. Um, so, of course, camphor is a terpenoid. Um, it's something you get from, the idea is, from uh, from evergreen trees. And, um, and camphor is always associated with these watery... Um, fragrances and so this this has you know a little bit of that sharpness i think when i think of camphor i kind of think of vick's vaporub although that's kind of a eucalyptus thing isn't yeah. it yeah 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 similar though similar though same idea the thing that um opens you up which seems appropriate for a card so intimately tied with water and with the, uh, fluids of our bodies. (laughs) Um, oh, and okay. So this is interesting. The moon, the moon is in G sharp. Like that's going to be the name of my memoirs. (laughs) The moon is associated with G sharp, um, and the note G sharp, and it's, uh, I had a funny feeling when I was looking at it that I thought that the Moonlight Sonata might start on a G sharp. And you know what? It does. Interesting. So this is a G sharp, otherwise known as an A flat, but um it for our for all intents and purposes we're going to call it a G sharp. And the interesting thing is that the Moonlight Sonata is actually in C sharp, the key of C sharp, but it starts on G sharp, which is essentially um, part of the tonic chord of C sharp, and you know there is some speculation that Beethoven was a mason. We don't know, but um, but maybe he did it on purpose. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> <It> would. <laughs> So uh, so yeah so um, this is kind of fun. I I looked at Agrippa's um, suffumigation for the moon, which has besides camphor as ingredients uh, frankincense because all the gods love frankincense, white poppy seeds, a white for the moon I guess bull eyes, <laughs> maybe because I don't know the moon mm, is exalted yeah. in Taurus. I right, don't know. interesting uh, goose blood, frog heads. You
1: <laughs> I can see frankincense because the moon reflects the light of the sun. yeah,
0: yeah, I can totally see that too that kind of but like you sense. said, everyone loves frankincense everyone loves frankincense. I think
1: if someone wants to do some homework on this card, case um, <laughs> said about this card that it's a depiction of the seven hermetic truths. Really? And if you want some reading, you can go to uh, page six of Wang's Quabalistic Tarot book oh and uh, read those seven truths because they really do apply to this card. This, it's pretty incredible. Wow. Oh, it's great. I'm not going to read it to you.
0: You're going to have to look it
1: up. And perhaps those seven lunar crescents yes. that you referred to are related.
0: I can totally see that. I can totally see that. So, um, well, you know what? I'm going to just read the names of them. Yeah. And then they can go. They're fun. They're fun. Okay. Number one, the principle of mentalism, all is mind. Uh, Number two, the principle of correspondence, as above, so below. The principle of vibration, nothing rests. The principle of polarity, everything is dual. The principle of rhythm, everything flows out and in. That's flux and reflux, reflux, the moon, right? Yeah, the principle of cause and effect. Every cause has an effect. Hey, this is this is thermodynamics, Um, and the principle of gender. Gender is in everything, unless you're Crowley, in which case a penis is in everything. (laughs) 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 Oh man, is this well? It has to be in something. (laughs) Okay. um, Well, anyway, yes, those seven. Uh, Timeless Truths brought to you by Mel and Susie (laughs) from Robert Wang's The Kabbalistic Tarot. Um, He he has more to say about them, and it's worth reading. Okay, um, I think that wraps it up for the High Priestess, uh, and we'll be back next time with the Empress. Thanks. Come back. And that's our show for today. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, no apostrophe, where you will also find new episode announcements and visuals, which will help you follow along with the show. While you're there, consider becoming a subscriber to enjoy extra fortunes wheelhouse features and enter to win in our giveaways. If you subscribe at a dollar an episode, you'll see patron only behind the scenes posts and get early access to all Fortune's Wheelhouse episodes. At $2 an episode, you get all that, plus, you can send in your questions about esoteric tarot and get them answered on the show or its website. At $3 an episode, All that, plus you get access to the exclusive Tarot Music Project, a set of 78 Spotify playlists keyed to each card, which you can listen to and add to if you like. At $5 an episode... You get the Fortune's Wheelhouse Oracle, where we send you a one-card answer to your question with preloaded esoteric facts to help you interpret its meaning. And at the $10 episode level, we'll not only draw the card for you, but offer you a personalized interpretation of its esoteric influences in regard to your situation. And if that's not enough, at the $3 level and higher, you'll be entered to win in our giveaway drawings. Because both Mel and I aren't just esoterics nerds, we also make stuff like tarot cases, tarot prints, actual decks, esoteric perfumes. Trust me, we've got some amazing merch, and you won't want to miss out. Finally, we also have a major campaign goal. If enough of you come on board and we reach $418 $418 per episode, we will commit to continuing Fortune's Wheelhouse straight through the minor arcana. Yep, we'll do the whole tarot deck. So do join us and become a part of the wheelhouse community, because you are a hero of the astral plane, and we so appreciate your support. That's www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse.